The Lord says, I think thoughts of peace and not of affliction. You shall call upon me and I will hear you and I will bring you back from your captivity in all places. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, Amen. If you will permit me this morning, I'd like you to use your imagination and to place yourself in the past back in the city of Jerusalem at the beginning of the 6th century, 600 years more or less before the birth of Christ. Imagine the former glory of your nation, which was in the days of old of King David and King Solomon, is now just a distant memory. Israel has been torn in half by a dreadful schism, dividing it into two warring kingdoms, one based in the north and the other in the south. And the kingdom of the north has fallen. It's been invaded by foreigners, the ruthless Assyrians, and it's no more. The people have been taken into captivity. On the other hand, Judah, the kingdom of the south, with its capital in Jerusalem, is also on the point of destruction, beleaguered and besieged. Disease, natural disasters, economic collapse have made life all but impossible for the people. The government, the authorities, seem ineffective and to be pursuing wrong-headed and dangerous policies. Facing destruction at the hands of their new enemies, the Babylonians, they even begin to look for an alliance with the old enemy, Egypt. Meanwhile, what do the religious leaders of Judah do? Well, they've abandoned the faith. They've gone into apostasy. They ignore the laws of God given through Moses and the voices of the authentic prophets, which call back to repentance. Instead, they follow charlatans and visionaries of a new, let's say, more broad-minded religion. They bring in the cults of neighboring peoples and incorporate them into Jewish worship. In the temple itself, the idols of false gods are set up alongside the worship of the God of Israel. And at times, even the authentic liturgy of the temple, which was given by the law of Moses, has been banned entirely. We see a bleak picture. Amidst the total decadence of the nation and of the faith, the prophet Jeremiah would come about and would tirelessly declare the coming judgment of God. The kingdom of Judah, he says, he declares, as the mouth of God will be invaded and destroyed by the Babylonians. All of its inhabitants will be taken away and led off in chains to foreign countries. But despite all of that, there is still a glimmer of light in the darkness. I think thoughts of peace and not of affliction, says the Lord. You shall call upon me and I will hear you, and I will bring you back from your captivity in all places. Perhaps you have recognized in this text the opening of the Mass, the introit, one of my personal favorite Mass texts. An introit which we encounter too many times because uh, each we have the 23rd Sunday after Pentecost up until the end of the liturgical year prior to Advent. We have the same introit which comes back 
and again and again from precisely the book of Jeremiah. As we come to the end of the year, the church wishes to place before us this past event, but also the revelation of God's mercy through Jeremiah, this proclamation that despite all of the evils befalling the people, there's still hope. God's providential hand is behind all of human history and leading the people to better things. I think thoughts of peace and not of affliction, says the Lord. We see that God chastises, but amidst evil and suffering, he also brings redemption. That is the will of God, not people suffering, but through their suffering they would come back to the good. Israel fell under the attacks of Babylon because of her infidelity. She had turned her back on God. And then 600 years later, the history would repeat itself, as we often see to be the case, all these past events that are recorded in the Bible. They're nothing new under the sun. We constantly repeat the same things over again. Israel would fall once and then after rejecting the Savior, rejecting Jesus Christ, Israel would fall again at the hands of the Romans. But that was not the end for the people of God because some of the Jewish people did receive our Lord. Of course, Our Lady, St. Joseph, the Apostles, His disciples, and the new peoples who formerly were left in darkness, who were worshipping false gods, were brought into the people of God, to the church, the new Israel, by the preaching of the apostles. The faith is given new life, new hope. Next week, we will begin the holy season of Advent, the beginning of a new liturgical year, and a new beginning, hopefully, for our spiritual lives. Though Advent has never had the penitential rigor of Lent, we see that it's also, nevertheless, a penitential season. You'll notice next week that instead of green, the color will be violet, just as it is during Lent. So while we might not engage in extreme fasting or self-flagellation during Advent, Still, it's a time to look at what are the things that are preventing us from receiving the coming of our Savior. What do we need to remove from our lives? What kind of practices do we need to really concretely take steps to put into place to, to change, to be a new person in the coming year? As we enter the darkest month of the year also, we are reminded that the true light which enlightens all men is coming soon. Jesus comes, his birth, the 25th of December, shortly after the winter solstice. So let us give some thought then in the coming week. How can we make some good spiritual resolutions? How can we enter into this Advent, hit the ground running in the new liturgical year? So often people take up New Year's resolutions, when the New Year comes, and they're very ineffectual, they give them up after two weeks, but with the grace of God, let us take up some spiritual resolutions to begin the new spiritual year, and with God's help, to put them into practice. Let us begin preparing now, so that we may receive in grace and joy, and worthily, 
the coming of our Savior, his nativity in Bethlehem. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.